Blog Talk Radio. Boxes, 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 boxes. You're tuned into Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, 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 boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live. Oh man. Gotta love it. March 3rd on this Sunday. Looking outside at 6 p.m. and seeing a little bit of sunlight. Like spring, is that you, player? Been waiting on it for a little bit now. I've had about enough of this wintertime nonsense. <sighs> Too much rain over here. <clears throat> and I can't stand it. Oh, man. But, anyways, a whole lot going on. In the world of boxing, some pretty good fights last night. <clears throat> some things that was unexpected, some things that we probably seen happening. Um, you know, guess it's all how you take it for what it was. But anyways, ain't no big Tristan Thompson drama going on over here. So I take it to my man from. Houston, Texas, see what's good with D. Willa Wilson as we get ready to check into Southern California as well. So, Willa, Janine, my friend, how are you doing today, my guy? Oh, man, doing good this Sunday afternoon. Um, a little chilly out here, but, you know, we're doing our thing. Um, pretty good fights yesterday on Showtime. That's that's really all I was able to catch out, uh, check out, but pretty good fights. Not too much going on. I guess the zone had some fights, but I didn't check those out. I didn't even really want to see the replays. I don't know who Gil is or any of these U.K. guys on the other side. So they're going to have to do a little more to get me to check out these U.K. bums on the zone. But besides that, man, everything's going good. Ready to talk to this boxing. We see Harden's back up to his old tricks, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, (laughs) Sacramento losing. Lakers. Losing, I mean, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. This is a boxing show. We won't talk about those losers on the West Coast when it comes to basketball. So that's it. Yeah, that's cool. What you guys got to show for your wins as of recent? Whole lot of nada. Anyway, <clears throat> JP. Playoffs. Let's see. That's participation trophy, I guess. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, that's 2019, though. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I don't want to talk about basketball right now. Not much in the mood for it. Yeah. Yep. I'd rather take a trip Southern California and see what's up with JP, my man out there from the uh, that that is the host of the Relatively Fat and Black podcast. And uh, <clears throat> let's check it out the show that you had the other day, JP. Very good, very insightful, very uh, informative. And, you know, with the involving the Colin Kaepernick Nike deal and stuff like that, and or in the uh, NFL. 
um, lawsuit and all that good stuff. Uh, forgot to post it on Twitter and stuff like that, but uh, good stuff, man. I like to hear it. So, taking it to you and saying, "What's good to you, brother? Happy Sunday, man." Oh man, it's all good, RC. Hope everything's well your way. Um, uh, thank you for the show. Almost seemed like we knew what we was talking about, huh? But um, no, man. Uh, just out here, Inglewood, California, and uh, it's a little rainy, a little wet out. Not not too much rain at the moment, but definitely wet. Uh, it's all good though. Uh, as far as the weekend of fights. Was not able to catch Had a lot of company over And I'm also having iPhone 6 problems I don't know if this is Apple telling me It's past your time for your upgrade But my shit says it's charging But I'm losing Numbers It's going down So I don't know what's happening with the phone man. What, what iPhone you yeah. said you had? <clears throat> the 6 Plus my brother The 6 Plus I'm, I'm back <laughs> <on your iPhone. laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'm supposed to be. I've been paid it off. My shit been paid off for a year and a half. I'm just, I don't know. I just don't go. But yeah, uh, they're telling no, me that's it's how time they to come you, up dog. here. After, yeah, Apple. After a while, they ain't gonna let you. They're not gonna let you just sit on that six for too long. They're gonna shut it down internally. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that's that's how they get you, man. They got me the same way with my one. It took me a while to get used to the, or even I, I was real reluctant to go to the eight when it, how big it was, like having a fucking purse in your pocket, compared to the iPhones before that. You know, I had the six for a while too, and then all of a sudden my antenna went out, and yeah, they they got me there. But you know, it's what they do. It's that time. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Well, shit, you know, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go over this whole thing uh, uh, starting from the top, and, and uh, you could comment on some of them, J- JP, that you missed it, we missed some of the fights or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm sure that, uh, uh, especially with the Eddie Hearn stuff, we're going to talk about the, the Spence face-to-face and uh, also goodbye to James together. We got set up later on in the show that we could comment on. Mostly, Will, um, yesterday was uh, – um, not, not necessarily something that was a, a major surprise to me. I figured that the fight would have been really good yesterday uh, be, between Lara and Castano. But um, the, the one thing that I noticed yesterday in that fight was breaking away from the clinch the way Castano was. It looked to really upset Arislani Lara during that fight. You could tell where the skill department was in, in Arislani Lara. I mean, when he landed that piston-like left hand straight down the pipe, uh, didn't have enough. Uh, pop on it to to really put him in danger, but it definitely got his respect. Yeah, the little this little Argentinian was pretty. Uh, it was rough and rugged in there. He was pretty wily, throwing some awkward shots coming from awkward angles, and sometimes from a leaping effort where he just kind of bounced in with a punch and got a shot off, and maybe got a couple shots to the body. Arizona Laura definitely had himself a fight yesterday. Uh, ended up being a draw. A lot of people are saying that, you know, Lara won the fight and this is just a, another close fight and a bad decision for Eric Lenny Lara as he's had throughout his career. You, you've seen the, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the writing on the wall, but you had a younger guy in Castano and uh, undefeated, and you had a guy in Eric Lenny Lara who is 34 years of age. And, and we all know sometimes in boxing, 
politically correct money to be made down the road from a certain fighter over the other. You get some uh, beneficiary treatment. Now, I I thought, well, it wasn't a fight in my opinion, but I could see maybe one or two swing rounds that would lead to be a draw. And, Willard, judging by your message that you sent last night in our group where you said, Law, I better win this round, I'm curious to know how you had the fight going because, uh, you know, as far as everybody I've talked to about the whole uh, ordeal, you know, everybody's thinking that um, that Arizona Law won. But I don't know. Maybe that's just from my side of the spectrum. What did you think about the fight yesterday? I mean, entertaining, really entertaining fight, you know. Uh, both guys got their shit off, and, and Arizona Law was forced to have himself a little bit of a dogfight, but in which he didn't seem to mind having a dogfight itself. So, Willa, what did you think about the fight yesterday? Oh, man. Um, first off, um, a lot of respect to Castano um, because we weren't – I know I personally wasn't. I've never seen him fight, and uh, we weren't give. I wasn't giving him any chance. Very rugged guy. Um, when I say rugged, I mean I guess we'll give him rugged because he was taking shots. Uh, but he was just the guy that's throwing a lot of punches. He wants to get in close, and he wants to throw a lot of punches. Me, personally, I had I don't have, like, the the little numbers, the 1-0, whatever, but I had it eight rounds to four for Eris Landy Lara. Now, the reason, and, and it was because he was able to, it, you know, even though the guy was pushing him, Eris Landy Lara was getting off his shots when he wanted to, but the bad thing was he was taking breaks. And you can tell. I don't know. I I don't know exactly where the judges sit. I should should observe that a little better. But as far as you know, you can hear the guys talking what they see because they're only looking. Well, I think they're supposed to be looking. It just depends on where they are. You know, when I saw Andre Ward and them in the top rank, they were way on the other side looking looking at the uh, fight. Well, no, they weren't commentators, so that don't even matter. So the commentators, they're on the side. I don't know if they're looking at the screen that we're watching or they're watching the fight, but it seems like they're watching the fight straight ahead. So they only can see so much stuff, and that's where the judges are. I don't think the judges are looking at the fight on the TV. They're looking at it in real life. So when you hear these guys, they're like, oh, look at that work uh, Castano's doing. Now, he was doing some work, some work, but it really wasn't, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was the greatest of work to me. But when he did do the work, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a lot of close. It wasn't dirty. He wasn't hitting him in the balls or headbutts or elbows. It wasn't dirty, but it was close range, and he was fighting it out. But, you know, when he did do that, Laura would stop. Laura, you know, he would just let him get these shots off, so it made it seem worse than it was. And he did get a few through, and he did do a lot of left hooks to the body. But it, I don't think, you know, I had Laura sort of just really easily winning that fight. But I could hear by the commentators what was going on. And I was like, okay. And we know Laura is a guy. What's Laura's uh, record? Shit, I, I don't have it. I know Laura's the king of draws, right, or the king of uh, close fights and getting them L's. So I knew the reason I sent that is because even though I had to fight a, a large margin, there were some closer rounds in there where because Laura sat there and let him just get some punches off, it made it seem like the – the, the rounds were closer than they were. So I knew Laura being a guy that, you know, loses all the close fights or gets draws in the close fights, that he was going to have to win that 12th round. 
And sure enough, I don't think he did win the 12th round. I didn't think he was going to lose, but I knew he had to win that 12th round to win because the way they got it. Sure that's enough, what, split that's, decision. Yeah, that's what you're saying. And and, and just yeah, real quick, 25-3-3 uh, three and three with three draws, by the way. Three draws, right, exactly. And three of his L's, well, what, he lost to Canelo? He lost ahead, to Hurd. Say the truth. And who else he lose to? They, they were all close. They were all very close, and he's never – it's like he doesn't get the push because he's not he's, – he's a Cuban fighter, and these guys aren't going to get the push that they need because people usually don't want to see them fight. But this new older Laura that's sitting in there in the pocket changing, you know, he's not really running around no more. I don't know, probably because he can't. I don't know if he can't. He's only 35, but not the same. So Laura's got to get in there and exchanging, exchanging that one too. Laura's very skilled, man. Laura's very good. He beat the hell out. Casino, um, he didn't – it wasn't no fucking draw. He And one guy had him winning the fight. That's crazy. He didn't win. I had it eight to four, Laura. couple of close rounds. Maybe you could give it a draw. I didn't see it that way. I'm not mad at the draw, but I still think it was a baby robbery. It's like – I'm not mad at it, but it's like if you drop your wallet on the ground and you find it and somebody done stole the money out of it, you're like, fuck, they got me, but I ain't mad at it. So that's how I feel about um, about Laura's win. I mean, Laura's draw. It's his bad. He should have he should have fought a little harder. He needed that twelve, and he didn't get it. So it was it, they had it as a draw. That's fucked up for him. Yeah, that, that's fucked up for him. And another thing that's fucked up too was the fact that I don't know if you noticed the trunks that he had on yesterday, but he had an American flag on one side, <clears throat> and as we all know, he's Cuban. So the other side was right, but he's the American dream. Yeah, but and oh, he's no, out no, of Houston, Texas. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, most definitely. But here's the thing, Cuban guy, and uh, I don't know, I might be crazy or something, but I know the Cuban flag has the blue stripes, not the red stripes. So whoever was the designer of his trunks yesterday made a big mistake because they had <laughs> the Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican colored flag instead of the Cuban colored flag. So, yeah, I've seen a lot. I didn't even peep that. Whoever, yeah, whoever got those trunks from, they made a big they made a big mistake because I was like, oh, you you repping Puerto Rico now? That's cool, but yeah. So yeah, that was one of the hey, we got a, a little off the scene. Hey, we got a blast from the past on the line. Uh, our, uh, our 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 correspondent from the East Coast is on. So whenever you're ready to go to him, he's back from. Oh his, yeah. I think somebody got him in a figure four leg lock yesterday so he's a little hurt but he did win a championship i saw yeah i seen that let's take it to janelle she was good man i want to i'm curious to know if you've seen this fight because um will is saying that he thought it was an eight four fight i can see that happening I, I mean i thought it was uh um i thought it was a little closer but uh you know to be honest with you probably a seven five in my opinion the 115 113 i think was uh in favor for lara but guy with three draws you know how that goes. So, uh, Janelle, what's good, man? Uh, long time no talk, fella. Hope everything's good with you. How's everything going? Hey, what's poppin'? What's poppin'? Now, I know y'all be on the shows, man. Y'all be giving me a heads up when the shows be coming on. So, I, I mean, I be missing the shows because, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, um, hey, it's the same old, I mean, well, not the same old Laura, but, same, but the same situation with Laura. You know, he's always giving up rounds because he give up grounds, isn't he? Uh, he, give up, he give away rounds because he give up ground too much. But, see, last fight he sat in the pocket, man. It's like, 
But I don't know, man. With Lord, man, it's just, I don't know, he's just not that fan-friendly guy. It's like for him to give away the 12th round the way he did, um, it's like the Canelo fight. Okay, now he should have known he wasn't getting a victory against Canelo fighting that way. Even though he won, I thought he won, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Well, Lord, I'm, you got to know, a guy like him and Winky Wright and uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking about? Who's the other guy I'm thinking about who always lost decisions like this or, or scored a draw or whatever? It's like you blame themselves, man. They know that uh, 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 um, their style is not the most exciting the painting. So, of course, you got to put a stamp on that victory. It's like with Word Friends. Word is not the most exciting guy, but he always put a stamp on his victories, okay? Outside of the Popolet first fight, but still, he put a stamp on his matches where even though it wasn't exciting, but it was always that stamp that you knew, okay, Word lost, oh, Word won this fight. Outside of the Popolet first fight. But if you watch, okay, if you watch, like, like oh, yeah, um, um, I was thinking Andre Durrell, I was thinking Andre Durrell was number one, in his prime, of course. If you watch the fight with Durrell and Foch in England, it's like after the fight, Fox, okay, um, I hurt myself more about a about, about shaving razor blade. But then when he fought word, even before the shit was over, or was announced, um, he saw a loss in his face. He just knew he lost after the fight. Oh, God, um, I got to work on some things and such and such, la, la, la. It's like, yo, word put a stamp on his matches. And, you know what I'm saying, Law could have put a stamp in that 12th round, but he gave it away. Just like how Wicked White, he gave away the Taylor fight. He gave the last rounds away where they put his hands in the air as if he got the victory and shit. That's bullshit, man. I mean, he knows he's not the most exciting guy of Laura, so and he has to stamp his matches more. He has to put exclamation marks. You know what I mean? And that's what he failed to do last night. And, and, and hey, I, mean, Janelle, I thought he won the fight. Yeah. Hey, would, would you say that he was boring last night? I mean, that was a difference. No, he was no, sitting in not. the pocket. No, no. His last few matches, actually, he was pretty excited his last few matches. But I guess it's just because of him, his reputation of being a dull fighter, that if he fights a, a top-notch name again, he will fight that same not-too-exciting match. But I don't know. I guess it's just his reputation, I guess. I guess it's his reputation. But I, I don't know. But still, he should know to put more of a stamp. Because he gave away 12th round, like he said. He gave away the 12th round. He gave it away. You know what I mean? I mean, it's like, hey... At times, you got to blame him, but on the same note, it's like, okay, you don't really want to blame him because, okay, this is a 12-round point system, and he deserves the victory, but, I mean, hey, man, you know, his reputation, it is where it proceeds, it proceeds itself. It just is what it is, man. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but, I mean, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? I'm not yeah, saying stand there and go, and go toe-to-toe with Canelo because that would have been foolish. You know what I mean? But on the same note, it's a way of putting a stamp on that match even without going toe-to-toe. Right. He he definitely had his style of fighting. It was always what we've seen from Barry's Lonnie Lar, uh, but not as much not as much uh, evasion uh, because of the way that Castano was fighting. He uh, got him in a little bit of uncomfort, which uh, shouldn't be any reason for them to give him points for a round because there was a lot of times when he was throwing shots and not necessarily everything was landing, maybe one or two punches out of a, a six or seven stand that he would throw. But, you know, it kind of could, could sway the judges in a certain kind of way with uh, his, uh, his name being behind the eight ball, so to speak, or back against the wall in a similar way. But sounds to me like you're not at all surprised at the way that finish was. And I, I'm, Are you giving him a passing grade for his performance, Janelle, or are you giving him a, a failing grade? I mean, I mean, I thought he got a passing grade because I thought he won the fight. So it's not the passing grade. I mean, it's not an easy sport. This sport is not easy at all. Anybody got through those ropes, you know what I mean. This sport is for any combat sport is not easy. 
So it's like, you know what I'm saying? I, I thought he wanted to fight. But it's like, you know what I mean? Hey, man. Uh, I mean, he definitely get past the grade for me. But at 36 years, or 35, 36 right now, how much more has he got left in him? How much more has he got left in him? You know? Or to keep fighting the way he's fighting. <laughs> or to fight like that right now. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, it was longevity in the way he fought before. It was longevity in that shit. There's no longevity in staying in the pocket. Not at that age he's at now. Right, no. no I hear you on that, bro. Definitely. <clears throat> it was unfortunate that it was uh, going to be that way for a lot with a, another draw added on this year. But, hey, um, in the fight before with Luis Ortiz, he had that fight in the bag. But he was still trying to close the show in that 12th round. And maybe Lars should have put a little more mustard on it at the end. But I get it. He's got a he's got a certain style with a you know a lot of amateur fights in his background, and nothing's gonna uh, it's not gonna change the way he goes about his business. And as far as I'm sure his mindset was when he was in that fight, he's like, I got this in the bag. No need to do anything extra. But then again, that's why he's got a couple of those draws on his resume. But it is what it is. I don't think anybody was. Uh, overly surprised when that had happened, but you probably could have put a little bit more on it. Um, uh, Will, anything you want to comment on that before we move along from the uh, uh, Laura fight? No. It's just fucked up that we weren't surprised, and I wasn't surprised. And I don't even think Laura was surprised when he got the draw. Yeah. I think that's just where yeah, he is. right. He just looked. He just stood there. He's like, ah. They got me. He's an old man. Yeah. He's just he's just used to it now. Yeah, he's just used to it, and that's sad. It's sad. It's sad that he's used to something like that. It's just so sad. Yeah, man. Especially it gives us a a perspective of the times that we're in today in 2019. Because I mean, this is a guy that we were talking about, you know, four years ago. You know, previous to his Canelo fight, that was one of the most slickest, dangerous guys uh, at, at 154. And I mean, uh, to see where he's at today, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sad game the way it's worked out. But uh, even though I know he's financially stable right now and he's done pretty well for himself and all that, not like the guy's hurting for money. But this is one of the, I mean, arguable top ten pound for pound guys that we're talking about five years ago from now, and especially when it comes to the skill department. We're talking about top level, maybe top five when it was in the skill department that that man possessed. And now, uh, you know, he's not getting any more. Honestly, it's not just the Canelo fight too. Though. Remember the Paul Williams yeah. match also. He got he got robbed in that shit crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah, two thousand eleven. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He got robbed, Paul yeah, Williams. He, he that he Trout gave Paul fight. Williams a lesson. He gave Trout a boxing lesson too until it just got too much for him. And did y'all hear what he said about that? Uh, about did I say Trout heard? I meant heard. If he uh, that herd fight, he said, "Hey, I wasn't feeling the punches. I was just feeling a big ass dude leaning up on me." I, it, it, yeah, yeah, you know. that's exactly what I saw in that fight. I saw that the guy was just so big and so strong. And of course, Alara couldn't hurt him. You know, what I mean, that it just warmed. It makes her good at 154. I've always said that if Herd would have began the weight at his natural weight, he would have five losses on record already. But of course, they're just grooming him with what they're doing at a lower weight. It's like you watch the fight with it all, all arm punches. It was all arm punches, but now his last fight, he's putting more leverage into it. So of course they groomed him, and he's working on it. And he's working on his, uh, he's molded his talents into skills now, and you can see it from his last fight. And he's only going to get better. So, but but, I mean, he's clearly too big for 154. 
I mean, he's literally sucking a lot of weight to make that weight. It's obvious. That guy's a giant. Yeah. Yeah, he stays working, too. He stays. I give him that. He's not one of those fighters that blows up out of uh, outside of his uh, fights. Because, I mean, that guy's always working. So, he, he, you know, he's probably putting in the extra extra time just to he maintain to. being able yeah. to have that weight. He has to. He's probably, he's probably, he's probably even a naval spray. Oh, stop it, Willis. <laughs> Cut that out, bro. You see him working out. See him hitting the heavy bag with gas masks on and shit. That guy's always he's taking it to a different level when it comes to his training and just like staying able to be at that weight class. Because there's no way in hell that guy would be able to balloon to 180 or 185 or something like that or whatever, you know, and then drop back down. Because as big as that guy is, it's, it's probably really yeah. really easy for him to get up in weight class uh, up in weight for that for Jared Hurst. But a guy that uh, I've seen in person is you know a lot of those fighters that we see in person, they're a lot smaller than what it seems, but Jared Hurd's a pretty big dude, so, yeah, there's a, you know, people call him a weight bully for a reason, he knows about it, he laughs about it, but, hey, I mean, shit, we got Jaime Munguia doing the same thing, so, you know, if you can, if you're going to be the same thing, too, Oscar was one person oh, yeah. in Kansas Square, you know what I mean, he did the same yeah, thing, yeah, the, yeah, the good point, good uh, point, Paul Williams, uh, Vernon Forrest, Thomas Hearns, they were all too big for their weight class, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Hey, man, guys can make it happen. You know, guys that are naturally at that weight class, figure a way out to use that size disadvantage to your advantage. Move around a little bit. Do something. But, uh, you know, neither, neither here nor there. But uh, we can move along to the next fight. Uh, shout out to Eric Lenny Lawrence. Uh, and, uh, you know, if he needs anybody that can, that he's looking to get some proper work done on his trunk, yeah, give me a call. You know, you don't want to have a Puerto Rican flag when you're repping Cuba, my guy. But anyway, uh, you know, um, Ortiz and Kristen Hammer. Well, uh, last week I came on here talking about I thought it would go eight rounds. And when it when that eighth round started, I felt like Ortiz was getting ready to get him out of there. This Kristen Hammer can take a fucking punch. A lot of people, um, you know, as soon as somebody does, like Ortiz doesn't get a knockout and uh, is approaching 40 years of age, they always want to use a, a preconceived notion that he got old overnight. Like, no, I don't think that's the case. Ortiz, when you look at that fight, he landed some bombs on this guy. But it seemed to me like he, this fucking Christian Hammer had a little bit of retard strength in him. He's uh, real uh, animated with the, his body language. When Ortiz would land a big body shot, he would wince and kind of laugh about it. And be like, oh, wow, that really hurt, looking in his corner and stuff and looking to the crowd and kind of waving to them during the fight, not paying attention. A lot of strange antics yesterday. A lot of strange antics yesterday. And, I mean, when Ortiz landed one of these left hooks to the body, I mean, it was just boom. And, I mean, I know the guy's got a little bit of blubber that could be for cushioning down there. But, I mean, this guy was taking some pretty good fucking shots. He got a couple of straights. He got a couple of uh, uppercuts, a couple of uh, hooks to the chin right on the money. And he never at all seemed at any point that he was in danger. You know, we know when guys get hit, they shake their head no, which means yes, or they stick their tongue out, a la James DeGale and other, other fighters like that. Uh, but this guy, he just has some real weird herky-jerky. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it just seemed like I, I really felt at the end of the fight when he was, uh, was, was going to get an interview, he was going to say like something like, oh, geez, this guy don't hit hard at all. Like, this is, you guys call him the boogeyman? But, no, he was a... Um, uh, a consummate profession. Uh, real nice moment for Luis Ortiz with his daughter at the end of the fight. Um, probably want to, you know, 
get a towel around that big man. You dripping sweat all over your daughter, dude. You know, <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, a pretty entertaining fight, man. I mean, I was uh, I was chilling watching it, and uh, I thought it was just gonna be you know dead man walking in there. But uh, even he hit Ortiz with a couple of clean shots, had him bleeding through his nose within the fifth or fourth round, something like that. And, I mean, you know, they were throwing some bombs early in the fight in the first two rounds. It's like, whoa, okay. If, if someone gets hit with one of these shots, it's, it's lights out, man. So, a uh, really entertaining fight. And Luis Ortiz, you know, I mean, really showed off a really damn good display of boxing that, I mean, which, you know, separates him a little bit from a lot of the heavyweights was with some of the footwork and things of that nature. He wasn't necessarily going for the kill shot, using his footwork, bouncing around a lot, and just picking him off, blinding him with the jab, and uh, and really getting in some, some good shots. But, I mean, you, I, I, I got to give a lot of credit to Christian Hammer. That, that guy could take some punches, man. He took some really good shots. But um, I don't know. It just seemed to me like he was one of those guys that uh, whenever you watch uh, cops or something like that, when you see them uh, go to detain uh, a suspect who's under the influence of a controlled substance and they hit him with the, the taser and, you know, and crackheads just pull it out and keep on running. That's what I felt like yesterday when I was watching Christian Hammer. It didn't, didn't seem like nothing hurt this guy yesterday. Well, what was your thoughts on this fight? Because uh, this one was really surprising to me. Oh, yeah, it was another surprising fight. Um Shout out to Christian Hammer, uh, not Christina Hammer, Christian Hammer, um, for surviving. But, you know, I, I don't know what to say. So, you know, we, we're talking about a guy who has a chin, been KO'd three times. Um, Tyson Fury stopped him. Um, some guy named Watch stopped him. Well, that was nine years ago. When did Tyson Fury stop him? Tyson Fury stopped him four years ago. Uh, he lost to Povetkin. He went, uh, I guess he got a unanimous decision against Povetkin. I don't know. Ortiz, he sort of, when we saw him live, it, we th- I thought he was getting old in that fight, right? Then he knocked the guy out at the end, at the last round, right? Was that? Yeah, that was our, yeah, that's the fight we wouldn't see. He knocked the guy out in the last round. So you're like, was he, you know, is he, is he ready? No, no. We didn't see him knock it. We saw him get a second round knockout, right? We saw him get a second round knockout. It was boring. Yeah, yeah. Then he knocked we the guy him. out. Then, yeah, we see then Kaufman. Round, he man. knocked Kaufman off at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's how it went down. You, I don't know if he's getting old. You know, you want to say this guy, Christian uh, Hammer, he should have been knocked out. But, you know, at the last couple of rounds, Ortiz is still boxing. Ortiz is doing what? proving that all Cubans might do the same thing. You know, instead of he was still throwing shots, just like Laura, but Ortiz might have lost the 12th round. If I'm, you know, if I'm just remembering the fight wasn't that great, but I think Ortiz might have lost the the uh, 10th round, not 12th, the 10th round. I think he did. And he started, you know, he started, it was more moving. He's moving. It's, he's looking fresh. He's bouncing. He's looking fresh. But the other guy seems to be landing the shots. The other guy wants it more at the end, and instead of getting a knockout, so maybe that should—that might just be in, ingrained in these guys' heads that hey, if you got, do you think you got the win? You know, you got to play it smart, play it uh, smart. And 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 if you remember, 
they were talking to the corners, and I don't remember what corner they were, what corner it was, so it might have been Laura, but they were saying don't attack. I think it was Laura. They were telling him not to attack, but he had to after a while. Ortiz, I think he was getting the same type of stuff in there. These guys, they sort of slow it down in the 12th round. I don't know if Ortiz was getting old. It's hard to say because he's old. You could tell he looks old. I mean, he has the, the, the little daughter. I, I mean, I don't know how old this guy is, but we got to see. He Unanimous decision against Hammer. He's got two KOs. That would have been three KOs in a row. Does he get bumped up? He called. He said Joshua was a pussy if he didn't fight him next. He wants them big fights. Ortiz is trying to get paid, and maybe that's what it was. Maybe this guy, Christian Hammer, was in there. He's a big guy. I think he was bigger. You know, I want to say he was bigger than Ortiz, and he's dropping bombs on him. Maybe Ortiz is just trying to get that big payday, so he cut back a little bit. I don't know. I'm going to give him a B-minus performance. It wasn't great to me. I'm not, you know, I don't know what to take. He's just so old, it's just hard to tell if he got old or if, he, if that was just the Cuban-style boxing. Yeah, his uh, his trainer was telling him at the end, you know, don't, uh, you know, this guy's going to come at you crazy. Don't do anything anything wild uh, or tease his corner. But, um, you know, to me, you and Janelle, his old OTG days, it reminds me of a guy from OTG who, when his fighter would have a bad performance, uh, um, what was it, uh, Golovkin against uh, Jacobs, you know, D said something to the effect that, well, maybe he tried to look he tried to look vulnerable on purpose. That way Canelo could try and jump in on him. So maybe, so if I'm going to uh, phrase one of the guys, uh, D from the 843, maybe Ortiz wanted to look a little susceptible so he could get that. Maybe he's like, oh, well, well maybe Joshua will take the fight now. <laughs> he obviously wants to get in there. If you look at uh, – uh, his social media post, he, his most recent one, it has him doing a little salsa dance with a really big smile in his face, captioned, uh, the dance you make when Anthony Joshua calls you out. Now, I I haven't seen reports about Anthony Joshua saying, you know, word for word that he wants Luis Ortiz, but I'm guessing after the performance yesterday of Luis Ortiz, uh, Joshua probably isn't much worried about uh Luis Ortiz as much as everybody probably thinks. I, I don't know. I'm not for sure about that, especially with some things in the works with Eddie Hearn and and uh, and uh, Joshua moving forward that we're going to get on in a little bit here. I'm not sure. But, uh, Janelle, did you, were you able to check that fight out yesterday with Luis Ortiz and, uh, and, um, and Kristen Hammer? Because it was one of the stranger fights of the night when I think that uh, uh, this guy's just wincing and almost giggling from taking big punches from a guy like Luis Ortiz. Well, I mean, you know, it was it's ironic how how before it was the saying that Luis Ortiz was the boogeyman. Where everybody wanted to duck him, all the heavyweights wanted to duck him. I didn't see that. I didn't see that last night. I didn't see that in this in this Ortiz last in this Ortiz last night. Um, I wasn't too uh, I wasn't too thrilled at his performance last night. Uh, was Ortiz? I think it was just like the. It was like a modern day heavyweight match. Uh, I, I mean, it, it wasn't like I don't think I don't think any of the top head was actually free Ortiz. I'm not even sure if he's even the top pick. Well, well, yeah, because I mean, it's only like four guys at heavyweight that's actually uh, uh, kicking a buzz or whatever. But I don't think Wilder. Well, of course, Wilder already knocked him out. But Wilder, 
uh, Fury, AJ. I don't think even one of those guys, Fury or Ortiz, from what they saw last night, I don't see Ortiz being effective against even one of those three at this point. AJ probably did creep up on him, but he is a Cuban heavyweight, so those guys are not always too excited as far as all Cuban fighters, any uh, period. But probably AJ creeped up on him. I, mean, I think he's older than 40 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think you know, Cuban be lying about the age and shit. You know what I mean? You know, you know how that goes. Yeah, the age is always uh, allegedly or on the books, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, and, and you know, um, uh, about you gotta give your hats off to Christian Hammer, even though he didn't win the fight. And we we all want to see a knockout when it comes to a guy like Luis Ortiz. But a real stunning moment happened in that second round of the fight where Luis Ortiz got buckled and looked like his left glove was touching the canvas and preventing him from being knocked down. Now, the shot before that, I'm not so sure if it was that much of a big significance, but for a quick second, Ortiz getting dropped by a, a guy like Christian Hammer, that was alarming to me. I jumped off my seat when I seen that. Uh, I'd have to look back at the replay again and again, but uh, did the referee save Ortiz from a knockdown? I don't know. What did, what did you think about that in the second round instance when it happened? You know, did it look like a slip to you? Janelle dropped, but it looked oh, like well, he, I don't. It, 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 it was close to me. Yeah, it was close yeah, to me. I was. was. Uh, yeah, it was close. I don't know. I think he might have. You know that I forgot about that. I remember that that did happen. I. I don't know how I felt. I think he might have. I think. I think he might have. He might have got dropped. I don't know. That was a close one. That was a close one. Yeah, that, I mean, man, fucking, yeah, man, you know, uh, Hammer was throwing some pretty good shots, and it's not like they were sloppy punches with uh, some heavy hands and he was missing off of. He was throwing some, some precise big punches that were coming out of. I was really surprised to see some of the uh, some of the heavy hands that he was showing because uh, you could tell he was really game opposition and definitely wasn't afraid of Luis Ortiz. Uh, that's just what I got from him, but I got nothing but, uh, uh, adulation and praise for the guy. Christian Hammond went in there and had a hell of a fight for his, you know, for his side of uh, of, of the case of arguments. But um, obviously, he didn't do much of enough. And if we're uh, if we're not talking about heavyweights and we're talking about welterweights or lightweights, you know, it was uh, mm, not going to say a Floyd Mayweather performance, but a Floyd Mayweather esque type of performance as far as a domination standpoint from outboxing your opponent. Uh, I think that from the notes I have here, uh, I gave uh, round uh, eight and nine to Christian Hammer. And, uh, I mean, I think Ortiz turned it up enough to get that last round. Uh, But, I mean, from the judges, you know, uh, clear shutout on one card and one round given by two judges on the other two cards for Christian Hammer. So, uh, Damn near a clean cut, um, clean cut washing from the guy. So um, a, a good performance, but I think we all wanted to see a knockout. But uh, some of the advice in the corner from Ortiz didn't really have him uh, believe to press the pedal. But like you said, well, that's that Cuban boxing skill. These guys, uh, they go to they they learn boxing from a point system, and you know, hit and don't get hit and. Uh, a lot of guys are really like uh, are similar to that. I think the reason what made Ortiz a little special was that he did have that knockout power and uh, would have that similar skill to guys like Arizona Lara uh, and things like that. Um, and uh, you know he he put guys out. I know Yorkis Gamboa. He had 
uh, he had more of the the not giving a fuck aspect of a the Cuban boxing style, which made him special in his own way. So, uh, you know, because when we were at the fight, Willa, I felt like in the first round when uh, everybody when the fight started, everybody was so excited to see Ortiz. Everybody was a big fan of him over there in L.A. And everyone was just, they were silent. They were waiting for something to happen that first round. And I felt like, because nothing really happened. It was a filling out round. Ortiz was Cuban boxing, trying to find his range and things like that. I felt like the Boo Birds were about to come out early. But then he put him out of there in the second round. So, you know, that that's the style Ortiz has. But the, the knockout power is what changed it. But, hey, it, it was a heavy Cuban favorite yesterday in the fight. And uh, Ortiz had a, a pretty damn good performance. Now, I, what's next for him, I'm not sure. Uh, but I'd like to see him get in there with uh, some of the uh, top guys. If he can't get a Wilder Joshua, I doubt Fury would get in there with him. Uh, maybe a, a Dillian White, a Joseph Parker, um, something like that, depending on the way the schedule goes. So uh, hopefully he gets something going for him because uh, he, uh, it, I'm not going to say the clock's ticking. But he's definitely not getting any younger. Yeah, no, yeah, he's well. We know he ain't getting uh, younger. He's he's trying to get that payday, man. I I forgot for some reason I forgot all about that uh the baby knockdown that he had. That's probably why he shut it down because he was getting hit. And then like you gave him, I want to say it was ten rounds. So like the seventh and eighth is that what you gave him? I gave him right. The eighth he and sort ninth. of I gave, yeah eighth, eighth and, ninth. and ninth. Yeah, yeah, eighth and ninth. That's right. So he won the eighth and ninth, and then I gave him the twelfth round. But it might have been you. When I think about it, it might have just been because I was like, "What the fuck is uh, Ortiz out here doing?" Because he was still sort of punching. He was hitting him in the stomach. Ortiz did all right. Ortiz, it wasn't as bad. When I just think about it, it really wasn't that bad. He didn't look old. That's why I don't want to say he got old because he didn't look old in there. His face looks old. But his movement didn't yeah. look old, and he looked like a guy that almost got baby dropped in the second round. So is that him getting old? Maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. Ortiz, I still fuck with Ortiz. He's doing it. He's doing it for his uh, his daughter. He's doing it. He's all, he was a cool guy when I met him. So you know, I'm a ride with him. I don't know who he wants to fight. I would. He wants that big payday, but I think you know, a white like you said, a park of those. Uh, that second tier guy might be where he belongs, but you know, he deserves his big payday. Yeah, it definitely does, man. It's uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see. Uh, you know, I, some dudes might thought of it kind of weak as if he's kind of pandering to you know the the public or whatever, bringing his daughter in that, uh, before the decisions announced. But I, I didn't look at it that way. You know, coming from the the, I think the similar spinal. Uh, issue that Deontay Wilder's daughter had that Ortiz Wilder or Ortiz daughter had. I thought that was a really cool moment. No, I think and, she's uh, got skin. Something's up oh, with her skin. skin. Yeah, oh, she has okay. a, a, I, some kind of skin, maybe cancer or it's something that that they might not have a cure for, right? So he was so she okay. came out. The way it sounded to me is that they were out. He brought her because they were in L.A. They found some doctors that would. What was going to be able to help her? Maybe, maybe. Oh, I'm about ninety-five percent sure that's what that's what I heard. That, that that he was out there. He had his daughter there for some skin. She had some kind of skin disorder, 
that they were trying to find the cure for, and they might have found it in L.A. Oh, man. Well, Is that where well, they were, in L.A.? Um, the fights yesterday, that's a good question. I have to look it up. I did not see where it was, where it was yesterday. Uh, when I, I barely got in, I was watching the Oh, it was watching the undercard. No, no, no. It was in Brooklyn. It was in the Barclays. It was in Barclays. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but they were saying yeah, something no, about LA. Cool yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that from the doctors and shit like that. I mean, that, that was a cool moment by Ortiz, especially if it's some sort of cancer issue, like for his daughter. You know, that's a that's a rough one, man. But um, uh, hats off to him, and hopefully everything works itself out. I've seen that uh, Eddie Hearn was reported that he. Uh, he uh, said that Dillian White's next fight will be planned for July 13th in London. Now, that's, uh, what, three and a half months away, almost four months. I think that's um, that's pretty good. That's enough recovery time for Ortiz. He could maybe take this a month off or another month and a half off, and if he could get himself thrown in the mix for that, I think that would be a pretty good payday fight for him if he could get that fight with – but there's no one announced for it. Uh, the, the one thing that has been announced for the July 13th fight that Dillian White scheduled to be at in London is Derek Chisor versus Joseph Parker on the undercard. So you can X those two guys out, along with Xing out, you know, Big Baby, Wilder, uh, Joshua, and, uh, and Fury. So uh, I think, hey, if, if he could get himself thrown in that mix, that would be a pretty good payday for him. And I'm pretty sure that the, the U.K. fans uh, are probably hey, – don't uh, X out Wilder. Don't X out Wilder yet, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that later on. Yeah, you, you might be right. You might be right on that one. Um, uh, yeah, you might be right on that one. But I, I just I don't know. I don't see Wilder going overseas for a guy like Dillian White. I I, I can only see him going overseas for Joshua. Uh, not even for Fury, you know, in a rematch. But I mean, I don't know. You you might be right on that one, and it'll definitely be something looking forward to uh, down the road. But um. You know, uh, hats off to Ortiz. Good stuff. Hopefully, he can get everything figured out and uh, and all that good stuff. But uh, you know, moving along here with this. Um, speaking of Eddie Hearn, uh, I was uh, the whole the whole thing that happened with with uh, with uh, Wilder and Fury was so deflating that uh, it just kind of it took the life out of me a little bit. I didn't know what to expect with Deontay Wilder and what's next because we just can't have Wilder sit around and wait for another fight that's probably going to happen or not going to happen or blah, blah, blah. You know, the, the guy's just he's, he's going to be sitting around unless you pick something up. You know, you don't want to uh, wait for, for any of these guys. you got to figure something out, you know. And I think that's why he was so pissed off when you were talking about on the, um, on the, week, on the previous show uh, about the tweets that he was throwing at Tyson Fury. So you, basically starting off with, you sorry, motherfucker. It's like another guy pulled out or duck or didn't want this smoke. And Deontay Wilder, unfortunately, gets, uh, for whatever reason, the uh, bad end of the stick from the fan standpoint that are the haters on him and things like that. But uh, reports came out. It was an interview that Eddie Hearn had with, um, duh, 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 I got to look at the source here. It was a credible source. I've seen it was an actual legit story. I don't like looking at some of those kind of like, oh, well, you know, I heard this. Like, fuck out of here. Uh, but it was a legitimate source that he had had an interview with, and Eddie Hearn had offered, well, was said to have offered, or said to be willing to offer a two-fight deal for Deontay Wilder. And the first fight would be a tune-up 
which would uh, allow him to make somewhere upwards of $15 million. And his second fight would be with Anthony Joshua with the 60-40 split uh, with the clause of a two-way rematch in case Wilder had beat Joshua. So you're looking at a two to possibly three fight. Eddie Hearn specifically in the zone. It's not, um, it's not, you know, like they're saying, oh, we'll sign with us or anything like that. Sign to the zone and, and shit like that. Wilder's not being asked to sign to the zone. Uh, a, a pretty good purse for Deontay Wilder when you're talking about 15 million upwards. And uh, I mean, hey, especially a 60-40 split with uh, Anthony Joshua. We're talking about a the fight that we all wanted to see. And yeah, you know, with the whole thing that happened with Joshua and Wilder and uh, them kind of freezing him out, like Joshua froze them out. I, I was a fan of that. I was like, you know, yeah, let him sit on the sideline and, and watch Fury and Wilder make some money. But now that Fury's turned into a businessman all of a sudden, he, he essentially went like like Kane from the WWE when he came out and took the mask off and he turned into corporate Kane. That's what Fury reminds me of right now. He's corporate Fury. He's just all about the business aspect all of a sudden. And uh, now that it's that way, that's exactly how he is now, you know, like corporate Fury. That's what we're going to call him from now on. Uh, I'll have to Photoshop his ass in one of those because the way this guy's talking right now, uh, yeah, like who is this guy? But anyways, now with that said, bro, I'm all for this 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 idea that Eddie Hearn has, fifteen million dollars for a tune-up fight and uh, and upwards from uh, you know incentives that could be given. That's the hell. That's probably the biggest payday Deontay Wilder. Well, not probably. That is the biggest payday Deontay Wilder has seen to this day if he was able to take it and a 60-40 split with a pay-per-view of Joshua Wilder and if you win you get a rematch and which I'm 1000% sure a rematch would be given a 50-50 if Wilder would win um, Wilder's looking uh, he's going to be looking like a Scrooge McDuck if he uh, takes Eddie Hearn upon this offer and which I'm glad that Eddie Hearn is not lowballing uh Wilder as he he did before because when he talked about Joshua and Wilder facing the first time, I don't think that he, Wilder was being offered fifteen million when Deontay Wilder was a uh, uh, allegedly uh, willing to take that low ball offer. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of ten million or something like that. So fifteen million for a tune up, sixty forty split with Joshua, and if you win, you get another fight with Joshua, and which would be a fifty fifty. Uh, split, in my personal opinion, I I don't see how it couldn't be a 50-50 split. Uh, shit, maybe even a 60-40 in Wilder's favor. That's a lot of money that Deontay Wilder would be looking at. And Eddie Hearn seems to have got off of that, uh, seems to have got off of that duck train when it comes to Deontay Wilder. I'm going to go to JP first on this one and see what he thinks, wants to see what he has to say about this. And uh, because I found this one a very interesting story from a credible source, Eddie Hearn uh, I'm not mad at this idea and this offer that he's talking about with Deontay Wilder. JP, what is your thoughts on this stuff coming from a man who I normally don't like to believe, but sounds like this one he's actually trying to get this thing back on track and get this thing rolling. Uh, yeah, to me it sounds like it's almost a no-brainer for Wilder. You have to do it. Wilder, <clears throat> a guy in his mid-30s or near his mid-30s, um, this is the type of money you got to be making, and you're not—you're just not going to be able to make it 
with Showtime and Al Heyman, uh, essentially being froze out of business. Uh, almost Colin Kaepernick, like to some degree, you know what I mean, where you see these heavyweights uh, burying themselves behind promotional barriers and saying, ha, 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 you're left out. And this is um, Wilder's chance to, you know, to take advantage of the real star that he, he truly is. But the numbers won't reflect it if we're talking showtime because all he's going to be able to fight over here is like the Brazils, the Brazils of the world. And it's, it's, it's a shame, you know, because it's not necessarily his fault, but it's just the business. You, he, he goes over there with Eddie Hearn. They could easily sell 60,000 seats with him versus Chisora. And this is how you're able to pay him. Whereas he fights over here in, fucking Alabama or whatever and he may sell 15,000 seats that would be a, su- a success you know he and Fury sold what was it 20,000 that's considered a success but you know you take a average fighter like a Chisora or whatever you could bring David Hay out the graveyard whatever you go over there you sell out the whole damn thing you know, and it's just, you know, simple dollars, you know, just money. So I think that Wilder has to do it. You know, it's just, just can't turn it down. It's offer he can't refuse at this point. And those two fights, he'd have to fight three, four times if, if we're not talking Fury or AJ. There's nobody that he could fight to get close to those dollars over here. So no brainer for Deontay, you ask me. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and, and like you said, how the, the other heavyweights, like uh, with Fury and this new top-ranked ESPN deal, Fury's probably going to fight a guy nobody's worried about and make somewhere around 15 to $20 million in that fight that it don't matter where it's at. You're talking about with the promotional aspect that these guys are behind. Uh, it, it does feel like Deontay Wilder's left out, left out of the loop, so to speak, you know, and for the guy to be left out of the loop when he's the guy that wants all the smoke, it's just, it's unfortunate. I wouldn't say unfair because, you know, there's opportunities that you could, you could, you you could make decisions that change that, but it's it's definitely unfortunate for Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world who, uh, you know, he's proven guys wrong. He's proven the doubters wrong before. Uh, And, and yeah, I think it's gotta be a no brainer about this whole situation because, uh, a guy like Deontay Wilder shouldn't be uh, in, you know, you know, seven million, eight million. There's a lot of money. I think that's what he got in his, his uh, fight with Fury. Uh, I can't exactly remember what the purse was on that one. I have to look that up right now when we go to Willa. But um, he shouldn't be left out the loop. I think, you know, Joshua was making somewhere of like uh, $30 million against Big Baby Miller and and, and uh, expected projections for Tyson Fury against a guy nobody's worried about uh, being somewhere around twenty million to fifteen. Like, yeah, that shit just ain't right. When you got Deontay Wilder who was in, you know, a, a dog fight with Luis Ortiz and uh, a fight where he almost lost, and uh, to be making uh, the lower lower level of paychecks for the heavyweight guys, that shit it, it just ain't seem right to me. Uh, but well, uh, I we we've had a. Uh, We've had some harsh words and some critique for Eddie Hearn um, over the years and things like that. But I think that this is uh, him finally getting away from 
that cape that he wears a lot for Joshua and saying, you know what, it's time to pick this ball up and start running with it with this uh, with this uh, interview that he just had and a lot of the shit that he said. What do you think about uh, this uh, this idea that Eddie Hearn has for uh, uh, Deontay Wilder? Well, I think it's a great opportunity for Wilder, you know, $15 million to fight whoever he wants is what Eddie – I think Eddie Hearn said. Um, then 60-40, biggest payday of your life. And I think, like y'all said, you've got to do it. He's a free agent, so it wouldn't – it would be a two-fight deal, right? Um, so he could still and – he, and he'd still be down with Al Heyman. I mean, so I'm not sure how he can't do it. I hope – now we can't trust everything Eddie Hearn says. We know we all know that he is full of shit, but he doesn't always lie. But he's full of shit. So if this is true, I think this is a big opportunity. He's got to take it, or he looks like he's ducking. So I think I think uh, I think he's gonna take it. Fifteen million biggest payday plus another huge payday on the back end, and you fight anywhere. And yeah. you said that. You don't understand that you don't know why he would go fight White in London, but that's what Fury did. That's just what Joshua did. He came. He's coming over here to fight Big Baby Davis. Right? A big, I keep on saying Davis Miller. Why not go over there? I guess that maybe not fight White. That might be a little. I, I don't know. I, I think he should fight White, but if he doesn't fight White, yeah. why not go over there and fight somebody and, and get fifteen million and get and get paid? I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what he sh- uh, that's probably what he should do. Um, yeah, I yeah, think that's this what is he should do. I feel like it's the a drop off, but you know, uh, just real quick, not to cut you off, just real quick, just to think about this. Wilder got two point one million against Ortiz and four million against Tyson Fury. I said seven earlier. I thought, but yeah, not even close to that. So his biggest payday is four million. Talking about uh, eleven million dollars more than he's ever seen before in a tune-up fight of his, his selection. Yeah, that's – I mean, yeah, you've got to do that. So, yeah, no-brainer. Hopefully he does it. I, I don't know why he wouldn't. He's not he, – he's, he's he's a free agent, like he said. So, that's a two-fight deal. The zone looks like they're trying to get Triple G also. So, you know, we were sort of clowning the zone, even though they don't got nothing too big going on yet. It's uh, – they're, they're making waves. Yeah, they definitely are, man. They definitely are making waves. I'm sure uh, – uh, I'm not sure how much of a baseball fan you guys are, but I'm sure you guys probably heard of the Bryce uh, Hunter deal that was made earlier this week. I think it was uh, $330 million, something like that, over 11 years, 11 years then. Well, Canelo's got a, what, four-year deal worth $365 million, so still the biggest deal out there for a single profession uh, for Canelo Alvarez by the zone. So, yeah, they – the zone definitely making some waves. The only thing I, I just, I just, uh, you know, I know that they put out a lot of boxing content for a lot of the hardcore boxing fans out there who, um, you know, salivate at watching guys that nobody's worried about uh, on the zone every week <laughs> and things like that. I guess maybe us American boxing fans uh, have a different taste, but they're definitely staying busy, man. Uh, they're definitely putting in the work and whether it's, uh, uh, the greatest content for fights or not, uh, they're definitely putting in a lot of work. So you got to respect that. And uh, and and if if I'm Wilder, 
yeah, man, this is an opportunity to make a lot of money that you've never seen before. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, if I'm wilder, I would just keep an eye on, on that Eddie Hearn. You know, I wouldn't walk out of a door with my back turned to him. I'd walk out the door, walking backwards, looking at him, reaching from behind to open the door and walk out just peeking at him as the door closes. You got to keep an eye on that guy, man, because Eddie Hearn is trying to sell you a dream, and uh, he does have that used car, uh, greasy, snake oil skin salesman that can be a little bit of a a swindler at times. But, um, you know, hopefully the Wilder could could get something going because, yeah, two men against Ortiz and four men against Fury, well, these guys are making 20 upwards. Yeah. You left out the loop a little bit, man. But, um, you know, well, uh, last week we had the show and we were talking about James DeGale. And, you know, bad as he looked, we all kind of uh, were talking about the, the post-fight interview and, and the, the things that he said. It sounded like retirement was looming. He spoke about it once. And at the end of the fight, he was talking about you know, I've done everything I need to do in the sport, which to me said he's retiring, but he said he wanted to go back and look at it with his team. And uh, two to three days later, James Chunky DeGale announced his retirement. So I think it's only right that we give the guy a well-deserved send-off and uh, wish him his best in his future endeavors. And whichever that may be. So, without further ado, Willie, can we hit that chance to guild real quick? <sighs> James DeGale. A guy who I didn't have much liking for. But I saw him fight. Sticking his tongue out, being a disrespectful guy. But he did have some real good boxing skills. A gold medalist in the Olympics. An accomplished two-time champion in boxing. One of the most glorifying ringside attractions. And Eloise DeGale, his sister. That's one fine thing. I look forward to seeing a lot of the time. But James... It's time for you to get chunky chunky and enjoy the fruits of your labor in retirement. And I would like to congratulate you on the career that you had and wish you the best in your future endeavors, my friend. Willis, you got any words for James DeGale? We send him off into the sunset, my friend. James DeGale, man, hey, he's a guy that I actually... A UK brother I actually enjoyed. He gave us a lot of memories, just like the song is trying to say. We got the bootleg version. And he was, but he wasn't no bootleg fighter, man. Miguel was the real deal. He had heart. He wasn't the usual UK brother, you know, that I like. I talk about. His sister was a dime piece, and he was a fighter, man. I'm not mad at him. We salute James DeGale. We'll take the memories away. 
Hey, P, you got any final words for a send-off of one James Chunky to give, my friend? Uh, you know, i just like to wish James the best in his after career. Uh, he's also a member of the receding hairline community, which I am a part of. A part of. We, we all hold strong with our hairlines that are struggling, and James, hold that hairline, baby, to the bitter end. Farewell, James. Farewell. <sighs> yeah, you know, the feeling never gets old sending off these fighters into the sunset. But best of luck to you, James DeGale, from us here at the Outsiders Boxing Podcast, my friend. Oh, man, it's always a feeling for these guys. At least James DeGale, um, you know, aside from this fight against Bobby Jack, where he suffered a lot of his teeth missing at the end, he essentially beat the game and is going to walk out with a level hit. So hopefully he could uh, make something of what he's made throughout his career and have a, a really good uh, afterlife after boxing. So, you know, not much of a guy I cared for throughout the years, but now I feel like I'm going to miss him a little bit. But oh, maybe that's just what the music does. That's just me. But anyways, guys, look. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along here, we got something starting tonight at uh, uh, what's the start the time that we said? Like you feel a little sentimental, dog. Like damn, and, damn, James, <laughs> damn, damn, damn. <laughs> that is yeah, those white guys in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, UK his UK fans, uh, his fan base for sure. Those hardcore guys that were cheering for him last week uh, in his fight. Those guys are definitely at the pub, and if they're listening to the Outsiders Boxing Podcast and hear how we send a fighter off, oh, yeah, they're feeling that one. I know they're feeling that one. Pouring down, pouring down their face and putting down some pubs. But, you know, well wishes to James to go. I, I, I'm really upset that that boxing fans got to be such creeps the way that they are on social media that Eloy's to go. I looked it up on social media last week, and, yeah, my request is still there to follow that she has not accepted for like the last four years. So she don't want nothing. She don't want nothing to do with this boxing fans. <laughs> I just want to see something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. But I, I definitely miss that, that, that ringside attraction most and foremost. But guys, I think uh, we're talking about, uh, the show that's going to come on tonight. Now, me, normally, I'm not much of a fan of the, the, the face-to-face kind of sit-down interactions that they had with uh, Max Kellerman. To me, it seems a little bit corny. And, uh, you know, in 2000, was it 16, when uh, Golovkin had fought Canelo before Conor had fought Floyd, uh, or, or after Conor had fought Floyd, that you had the sit down with uh, Golovkin and Canelo, and they're playing Rock'em Sock'em Robot. Like, that, that's yeah, that's some corny ass shit, man. And Max Kellerman, I don't like Max Kellerman as it is. And um, uh, you know, I, I know the guy's good at what he does in boxing, but I think it's just what he's done at ESPN and 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 all of the foolish things that this guy says made me really dislike him a lot. But um, nonetheless. 
I think the start time is what uh, at seven o'clock on HBO Willow or seven thirty or something like that. Uh, we got the face-to-face sit down with Mikey Garcia and Earl Spence, in which we had a few snippets of uh, on social media, and uh, a real, really interesting takes with with some of this stuff because you know there's just something about that Garcia man. Uh, I, I, I I'm I'm not saying I'm buying into this fight. Because, like I said, I still think it's a terrible matchup, and I, like I said, I, I don't, I don't think it's a a big fight as as a lot of people do. But there's there's just a part of me inside of me that, back of my head, or whatever it is, that's tugging on 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 my sleeve, that's saying, you know, tapping me on the shoulder, is, you know, don't underestimate that cowboy hat wearing Mikey Garcia, the the. Uh, the the ring of highlights uh, on social media posted the the uh, hype video for Garcia Spence, which was well really well done, man. A great little production that they had for uh, the minute that it was. But I mean, just great visuals. Um, they had the belt floating down the hallway as it's up in the air with Earl Spence hitting the bag and Mikey Garcia doing his ring walk with the cowboy hat and it ends with a little smirk with Mikey Garcia. Like, I know something that none of you guys know and this is going to be the biggest upset in boxing history. And as much as this burns my tongue to say, if Mikey Garcia pulls this off, is he the GOAT? I mean, man... This is this is insane, bro. But I, I really I, I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm saying that this is going to be a, a easy fight for Earl Spence. He's going to beat the shit out of Mikey Garcia, and and send that little guy back down to his weight class because you just ain't built like this over here. I'm sticking to my guns, but there's something tugging on the back of my shirt telling me not to doubt that Mikey Garcia. Because Willa, you know, and JP, you you know that uh, for many moons. I've not been a fan of the fighters down south of the border. But Mikey Garcia is one of those guys that, look, I may not be the biggest fan of him personally, but I respect what he does in the ring. And right now I'm a little conflicted because I'm I'm almost going for Mikey Garcia in this fight just on the the whole stupid idea of daring to be great and, and doing what he's doing. But uh, they had the, the little snippets of the face-off that we're going to see in full tonight where, you know, Mikey basically says that he has every advantage in this fight over Earl Spence besides strength. Technique. Me. Speed. Me. Footwork. Me. IQ. Me. Like, Mike Garcia is very confident, borderline arrogant in this fight. And Earl Spence just has the look on his face as if Floyd Mayweather was trying to read to him. Like just dumbfounded, looked at that. He just, I, I don't know. But well, uh, as long story short, over all the years where I wanted to see Mikey Garcia get his ass beat, I don't feel that same way. For whatever odd reason, I don't feel that same way about this fight going with Earl Smith. So I'm needless to say, I'm super hyped about watching this face-off that I'm not a fan of, uh, and I, I'm just on a. A, a different side of the fence right now. I'm really excited to see this face up, this face to face that they're going to have tonight on uh, on HBO, right? 
or, or, or no, I thought it is it Fox? No, no, no. I think that's a Fox. That's PVC, right? So it's probably free. Was that not the whole face-off that I sent? I don't no, know what's going on. So it's something called. They're gonna have long. Okay, they're there. gonna have the. Yeah, okay. That's why I thought it was a little, little two-minute deal. All right. Yeah. Well. Uh. Well, not two minutes, mm-hmm. but with that little thing. So that was just a preview for, whatever the fuck it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, they'll probably have like a good little a twenty, twenty-minute sit-down with or something like that. It, you know, some somewhere around that. Yeah. 15, so I think, um, like yeah, from what I got out of that, man, this guy, Earl, I mean, uh, Mikey, he's very confident. And Mikey he has to look in his eye, the eye of the tiger. But so does Earl. Earl looks like he's out here, like, what does this guy talk about? It's going to be some easy work. I'm too big. Both of these yeah. guys are like, they ain't even showing us nothing. You know, both of them like, hey, I ain't even had to use. Earl Spence like, I ain't even had to use my speed, my footwear. I ain't even had to do none of that. And Mikey Garcia is like, yeah, nobody's out far. It's brought, you know, the best out of me. So, hey, I, I think Mikey's trying to do it, man. I'm hyped for the fight. I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. I'll be in there in full effect. And these face-offs, they usually get me hyped, man. You know, as a father, you know, I've got, I've got a very – I've got more emotional over the years. I think, I think that's just how it goes. As as you have kids, you you know you go from not being to being Iron Man to having kids. So now you're you're an emotional guy. So things like this, they draw you know they just draw me in. You know, Mikey's got this look. He's like, hey man, I'm better. I, I've been looking at it. Me and you, it's like looking in the mirror. But you know, I just studied it a little more, and I got just a little bit better. And Earl's like, hey, what the hell are you talking about, man? I got what it takes. Hey, this is gonna be a great fight. Well, it's going to be a great build-up to the fight. We'll see how the fight goes. But if Mikey does win this, if he pulls this off, he is the Mexican GOAT for sure. He would be the Mexican GOAT. And, uh, you know, he would surpass Canelo as, you know, the man. He should surpass Canelo as the Mexican as the Mexican GOAT. So, but I'm yeah, I didn't even know it was the whole one coming on today, so I'm glad you said, you said that. So I'll definitely check that out and see what we get out of it. I thought it was just a little edited little thing they just put together real quick. Yeah, I'm not sure how long it'll be because, like I said, I'm not a fan of the way these things are, and I just think that when you're in a dark-ass room with Max Kellerman and the guy across the table from you that you just, you're just you about to get in some heat with, I don't know, it just it rubs me the wrong way. But I know, I'm not sure how long they go. I have to look it up. I mean, I, I've said 20 minutes earlier, but I'm pretty sure it might be somewhere around the range of, like, 15, something like that. You, I, I'm not so sure – Max Kellerman's got enough questions to keep them there that long. No, and, but it wasn't Max so and Kellerman. So it's somebody else. Wasn't it? Oh, it was thank like, God. It I'm was, glad uh, it's not Max. Yeah, yeah. I sent the thing. It's a guy. Man, I want to say what I sent you was the whole thing. Did you get that thing that I sent? It was like, uh, what does it say? It says, Mikey, you know, Mikey versus Earl Spence face-to-face on FS2. Yeah, I sent you the link. Though. I think – I think it already happened. I think what I said today was the whole thing. Like, they showed the thing, then these guys were talking. It was probably like 10 minutes. It was like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. That 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 was on uh, – they put that on FS1, uh, what was that, yesterday or something or what? Like, uh, yeah, what I'm saying, uh, the, uh, the guy who recorded it was recorded it on FS2. I didn't even know that was a – I guess that, that makes sense. So it might have came – I don't yeah, know when that, it came on. 
I don't know what the fuck that guy's name is. I never seen that white guy before. But yeah, that that definitely has to be the whole thing. They might just be airing it on uh uh put it on regular Fox. I'm not sure if it's gonna be FS1. I'm gonna look it up right now actually when I get the chance uh, and uh, see what that is because uh, I I didn't know that they had that out yesterday or whatever. It might just be out on YouTube for right now and coming out on the uh, the television scene today. Who they got? Uh, Coppinger doing it. Who was a Coppinger? Is that who that is? Matt. I don't even know who that guy is. I'm not gonna lie to you. I wasn't paying. I wasn't paying attention. But so I thought it was. A, is it a black guy? Let me look at it. No, it's a white guy. No, it's if a, he was, yeah, if he wasn't guy. paying attention to him, he's doing a good job. <laughs> but look, though, yeah. man, let me say this about it. Um, I think I, I just can't see it. I can't see Mikey winning. I cannot see it because I recently watched the Brooke versus Spence fight. And, man, dude, Brooke was solid as shit. You know what I mean? Like, Brooke is a damn good fighter fighter and fought very well in that fight. Yes, and I just does. can't see – I can't see Mikey Garcia matching that level of intensity. Now, Mikey is saying he's holding out the caveat for us all and saying none of these guys have brought the best out of me. Very well. Could be true. Probably is true. But I can't see Mikey matching the intensity that – Kell Brook fought with and the the physicality in that fight and still Spence just beat him down. You know what I mean? I can't see Mikey being that, you know, fast and be able to work at that um velocity that long. That when you go back and watch that fight, man, that is two pretty big dudes going at it pretty hard and at a high velocity. You know what I'm Where saying? Kell like Brook's a big dude. Where's he from? Oh, Oh, he's a UK brother, but Kell Brook oh. came over here. And, hey, he whooped up Sean Porter. You know, he whooped Sean Porter up. So, and I was there. Sean yeah. Porter is a skill. I, I, I enjoyed that one. Sean yeah. Porter was a and skill we, at that point. Uh, well, maybe not. That's, that's debatable. But he whooped him, and he out-toughed him, too. He kind of bullied him a little bit. Like, man, I'm going to just hold your little butt. You know what I mean? I'm going to just punch you and hold you kind of, you know, bullied him low-key. So, Kell Brook, man, was an avoided fighter, especially I knew uh, at some point towards the end of Floyd's career, Floyd didn't want Kell Brook, you know what I mean? You know, Kell Brook had been avoided, at, but, but, you know, I don't want to put a lot of accolade on Kell Brook. I ain't trying to put extras on Brook. But, point being, yeah, Kell Brook, I just, I, yeah, I'm not trying to put it on there like that. Got to fake the eye, uh, eye fracture. Got to take a knee. Yeah. Okay. Took a knee. Took Kel a Brooke, knee. Kel Brooke, they have, Floyd had a picture next to Kel Brook, and Kel Brook made Floyd look like a really tiny, tiny man. You could tell the difference from a full-fledged welterweight <laughs> compared to little Floyd. I'm telling you, man, Kel But point is, man, watch that fight. And then unless Mikey Garcia, and this could be true, because Mikey Garcia is heavily relying on that one, too. You know, I don't see a ton more. I don't even see a ton of body work out of Mikey Garcia. But that one, too, very fundamental. You know what I mean? And if, unless that right yep. hand off of that one, too, is landing harder than we think. If we can see this guy hurt Errol, I don't see how he can, like, I guess – it seems like his game plan is going to be for him to stay on his toes and kind of outbox him and work in spots and get in and out. 
I can't see him really doing that. He's not fleeter of foot than Errol. But I think this just be maybe Mikey Garcia's humbling. I don't know if Mikey Garcia probably never been beat up working in that camp over there with uh with uh Robert Garcia with his uncles and his daddy and his brother and grandpa and shit. And then he he'd be in there sparring Rios and Madonna, you know, when they all fat at one sixty and shit. So he think he can fight big men. But I don't know if they get that real work over there in that camp. I don't know. I'm sure they bring some brothers around so they can make sure they're fighting somebody with some feet and some quick hands. But I'm not 100% sure of that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Mikey might get some humble pie here. Uh, he can for sure. He, he can might. For sure. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about it is, like, obviously, you know, his uh, his dad was being interviewed, and they're like um, talking about the possibility of if it gets too bad, will you stop the fight? And without a blink of his eye, without missing a beat, he said, "We're not worried about that. Or else, nothing will stop nobody." Um, he seemed overly confident, and uh, obviously, his dad and his team advised Mikey not to take this trip but because he decided to take the fight, they're going to have him well-prepared, and they're going to have Mikey Garcia ready to go. Uh, one of the smarter boxing minds uh, being Mikey Garcia's father as a trainer. I know they're going to have a great game plan. I know Mikey can do this, do that. Um, and, and as JP alluded to, Mikey, as I've said, he only has about four punches in his toolbox. He only has a few tools in his box. Nothing really overly special with Mikey Garcia. Um, you know, he... He does what he does, and he does it in an accumulated fashion. And he he adds up, and, and you know he does what he does. But I'm with JP, man. I I don't see it happening, man. I don't see Mikey Garcia winning this fight whatsoever. But it's just whatever that is in the back that, that's telling me not to doubt, to count this little guy out and that little fucking wink that he had. And I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see the Vegas odds. I'm not sure what they're looking like right now. But, I mean, you know, if I was in Vegas, I'd probably throw 50 bucks down on Mikey Garcia. And, you know, I'm pretty sure it'd be a, a really good number that you'd get back if you pulled off the W. But, um, man, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm sticking to my guns. I know that for sure. Because this is a um, – by the looks of it, a, a, a too big of a hill for one to overcome when, uh, you know, you're in there. Mikey with the, Garcia plus 252. Oh, man, plus 252. That's, a, that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Well, it's going to be interesting What's that? That's to see what the – it's going to be interesting to see if they change up uh, getting closer to the fight. Uh, ah, man, this shit can't come soon enough. Though I, I'm I'm low key getting hyped for it, even though um, I keep telling myself it's not gonna be a good fight. I just hope Mikey Garcia don't get the dog shit beat out of him out there. That humble that humble pie might come uh, sooner than later. You gotta keep your words soft and sweet sometimes because you might gotta eat him. And Mikey Garcia uh, look like. I mean, Earl Spence looks at him like zero threat whatsoever. <laughs> like, you know, for for well well deserved reasons. But that's what Mike. That's the whole point. Oh no. 
That was the whole point. Mikey saying y'all got him fucked up. That's pretty much what he was trying to prove. He's like he's trying to uh, let everybody know. You know, he's smaller. You know, Earl Spence supposed to be this killer out here. Earl Spence calls himself the boogeyman. Earl Spence says, yeah, that's something. Else. Let's, let's, I wanted to bring that. Earl Spence says, you know, Mikey Garcia says nobody wanted to fight him. He couldn't get anybody to fight him. <clears throat> I'm not sure. That might be a lie. But we have. That might be a lie. Same reason Earl Spence saying that he's the boogeyman at 147 and nobody wants to fight him at 147. Uh, we know that 100% because because all Crawford stem and say we want to, to I want the fight I want it wanted so so Rosen lie 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 man. there's a guy that's calling you out and everybody's seen it so that was that was that was full of shit uh, Crawford and Garcia I think I don't I don't know if that ever was I, I'm sure I know we talked about it happening. But I think they've never caught up with each other. But I don't think any of these guys are scared of each to fight each other. But when Spence said that, I'm like, what are you talking about? You're lying. That's something that somebody says. I don't know if he's been taught to say that because Spence seems to be get, getting better in his presentation and the way he talks to the media. He sounds a little more smart. Um, you know, he sounds a little more intellectual. You know, not saying that he is, but he sounded a little better like he's practicing up. So this boogeyman stuff, I don't know if this is practice, something that he, he's been practicing to say or, does he, or did he just choke up and say that. But he's not the boogeyman. Mikey Garcia is coming up away. People are saying two, but I, I think he's fought at 140, so it's just really one. But that's seven pounds. That's still a lot of pounds. He's coming up. Nobody's scared of Spence. And I think Mikey Garcia is going to have something for us. Can he get his ass whooped in this fight? possibility. I don't think that's a strong possibility, but Earl Spence could be that strong and that, and that much bigger where he just ends up getting his ass whooped like Kell Brook did to uh, when he fought Triple G. But we'll, but I doubt that happens. And I'll probably be putting a little money on on, uh, on my man Garcia also. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right, okay. Yeah, what not, I mean, yeah, in Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, not, Vegas. I got you. Mikey, yeah, yeah. Mikey will go out like a G. He won't. Mikey will go out like a G if he goes out. He won't go out on his knee like Kell Brook. That's for sure. I could one thousand percent guarantee that. <laughs> He'll go out on his shield. Yeah, hey, I'm looking at them flights to DFW, man. They looking real nice. I'm like, shit. I might go ahead and shoot down there, but I know it's gonna be pretty pricey to get in the building, though, man. So it's like, damn, is it even worth it? You know, to get in the building, yeah. yeah that's get, what... But you never know. You really never know, man. Because the the way I usually play it for something like if I'm hitting the Rockets game or I'm hitting something that's going on, that last minute, them last minute flash sheets is usually pretty cheap. Are usually back hmm. down to sensible. That last minute is usually pretty sensible because you got to realize the the first people that are getting the the tickets are all the resellers. You know what I'm saying? So they're grabbing up as many tickets as possible. Like they said with uh, the Joshua Joshua Miller fight, they did so many, but they found out most of them were pre-sale. You know what I'm saying? People are buying pre-sale, not real people. So, you know, you might be all right to get in right now. Jumping. I think it's 250 Yeah. 170 Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I'm thinking about getting down there, though, man. I might. just might do it. Uh, man, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I just want to see it. I just want to see it. I just hope it lives up to the, the hype that that's being built around this whole fight. And, you know, shit, I, hope, I, I actually hope it would go 12 rounds and we could see some back-and-forth action and, and and have a good decision or something other than this then what I I expect to happen is is just Earl Spence to just to batter this little guy and, and if he's not going out on his knee or his back and you know, Pops could throw the towel. It's something I mean, that's what I I expect to see nothing less than that from Earl Spence. But, I just I hope it doesn't go down like yeah. uh like Margarito did Cotto that first fight. That's really what I don't need. I don't wanna see that because I know as a fan of Cotto that had to hurt deep inside, and I don't want that kind of pain. Well, Mikey Garcia should probably get some plaster like like uh, Margarito had, and he, Mike Garcia beat the shit out of, out of Earl Spence if he's able to do that. Oh, yeah. Shit, he might be able to beat the shit out of Deontay Wilder if he fought him with some the same plaster that Margarito had. Was that proven? Yes, that was proven. Stop that. You're being disingenuous right now. I don't remember. I thought he got caught early. Got, got caught that's later. It was a cheap shot. Cheap shot out of Cotto from nowhere. That's like that's like when 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 the wrestlers are having a match and somebody just comes out of the crowd and attacks that fighter where the ref ain't looking with a chair and takes off running. That's where that that little cheap shot out of nowhere came from on Cotto. What's that about, Willis? <laughs> well, I just, I just life, watched man. it, dog. I just I just watched it the other day. I just watched the the highlights. And I was like, damn, that boy was getting his ass whooped. Oh yeah, you know what highlights I was watching the other day? I was watching when Saddam Ali got the shit beat out of him by Jaime Munguia. I watched that fight about twelve times already. Me too. Me too, dog. Hey, both of those are my guys, dog. So the better better man won. You know. Hey, it is what it is, dog. It's, it's funny how you're taking shots at the world kid, dog. What did he do to you to fight for your country, world dog? Kid. Ain't nobody named Saddam, Saddam fighting for the world and for me. I, I'll just leave it at that. But um, He wasn't an Olympic? Yeah. He wasn't in the Olympics? And did he fight? Did he fight in the Olympics for America? Aren't you American? I don't care. I don't like him. Therefore, and he got he, his ass stopped by he fought Jesse for your Vargas country. beat the shit out of him, too. If you get if you get stopped by Jesse Vargas, you're a scrub. That's all I know. Hey, he fought for your country, bro. Don't he disrespect ain't my country. Don't disrespect those guys. Not my not my America. Isn't that what some people have to say? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey we go way off with this one. But um yeah, man. Uh, uh other than that, fellas, I think we've got it all covered for today. Is there anything we're missing, Will? I mean, I know we've seen a little bit of the uh, uh, the little bit of the press that they've been doing with Jacobs and Canelo, and which seems really respectful. And for some reason, I'm getting my skeptical eyebrow raised. That I hope Danny Jacobs did not get a doorbell ring and open his door to a couple of briefcases, because uh, like the million dollar man Ted DiBiase used to say, "There's everybody's got a price," and I just hope Danny Jacobs didn't open his door to some briefcases. Because, uh, you know, they have a little little press tour that they're doing. And they're very respectful. But Danny Jacobs, man, he makes Canelo look like a small little boy. 
Yeah, it's a big, it's a big, uh, big frame differential in this fight, man. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, Willow, but the little little press tour they had. It, it's uh, you know, Danny Jacobs. He's nothing, nothing major for headline material, other than the fact that he said that he thinks that uh, Golovkin won the first two fights, and uh, other than that, really. But I don't know. But uh, um, but I, I wish Canelo all the luck in the world because I'm a, a Canelo fan right now, and I'm going yeah, for Canelo, him to win. Yeah, Canelo cracks me up, though. He just cracks me up. He acts like he can't speak English. He's out here. He understands oh, yeah, everything yeah. that's going on. Yeah, <laughs> he right, just he just cracks me up. That, I, that little theory. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I enjoy it, man. He's out there. He's very respectable. So is Jacobs. They're not going to do a lot of shit talking, but they're going to, uh, you know, same as Spence and, and Garcia. They're not really shit talking. They, but everybody respects each other. So yeah, it was no real hi, uh, highlights of the fight. I mean, uh, the fight of the uh, the face off. This won't. They're not going to be selling any uh, any seats. These two guys on the the press tour. What about uh, what about the you think uh, Jacobs can be bought off? You know, Canelo's got a lot of money. Uh, hey, you know, take a dive over here in this round. Mm. That take real good care of you. No, know? Mm-hmm. no I, I doubt it. I think Jacobs, he's uh, – isn't he over there? With, is he still with Eddie Hearn? Yeah, yeah. he is. Eddie Hearn is like the white – the white. he's trying to be the white Al Haven. I think guys are out here taking uh, the champions out with belts taking the taking down here. He's going to try to give it to Canelo. He probably, probably – but it ain't going to be – Jacobs will lose will. the fight being overly cautious, being overly cautious and not letting his hands go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I hope that doesn't – I mean, yeah, that's right. I'm going for Canelo in this fight, so I want him to win real bad. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, anyways, man, I don't want to talk about my favorite fighter, Canelo, right now. Uh, well, is there anything else we missed to cover up this week? And uh, I mean, I think we got it all covered. And I know there's been it's not uh, business is picking up a little bit here uh, as we get closer and closer to the uh, quote unquote mega fight with. Spence and Garcia coming up. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's it for today, man. Um, before we get ready to wrap this one up, um, I don't know what games or whatever's coming on today. I know we're getting uh, closer and closer to playoff basketball, and that means we're getting closer and closer to baseball, and that's when boxing really has to pick up the slack because, you know, and it comes that time when football's gone and basketball's gone. And I like baseball as much as the next person, but wake me up when October starts. Uh, so, um, yeah, man, the rest of the day here, probably, um, I don't know, I'm probably going to actually get on, head to the gym after this for sure, and then figure out where we get started for the rest of the day. Willow, what you got going on over there, man? Um, I, I'm, I, for me, I'm glad the sun's actually coming out because the rain kind of keeping me inside all day. But what, what what do you got going on for the rest of your day, man? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm gonna just be chilling, getting some family games in, man. Probably be playing Sorry or Checkers or something. I'll just be doing that, just chilling. Ain't shit popping today. You gonna be uh, 
You're going to be singing Swedish songs like my boy Keith, Keith Thurman was, Hiya, bye, your time, bye. No. No. We ain't going to be doing none of that, dog. <laughs> all right, all right. JP, what you got going on for the rest of the day before we get up out of here, man? Oh, uh, man, I'm probably going to hit the gym like you. And I'm going to try to get off a heavy-handed edition, man, and talk about these Lakers. And I got some new fun sound bites I want to fuck with. So I'm going to definitely probably get into that, talk about, you know, the Lakers situation. So it's a lot of meat on that bone. Huh? L's. Yeah. Yeah, LeBlanc and James. But we've been. Yeah, LeBlanc James. Hey guys, hey guys. That's him. Hey guys, hey guys. Hey, yeah, and this show he has where he just blames the white man for everything, dog. I don't know. It's sort of, <laughs> it's sort of corny, dog. It's sort of conservative. <laughs> Conservative. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, you can't blame it from everything. Not, not pro. It's like these guys are in here. It's, I don't want to hear from these guys, though. It's like it's just a little too much. Just from those guys. Yeah, that's, guys. I missed with, that with, one, man. I wanted to see that one because I wanted to see that because they had AB on there, Antonio Brown, and he's looking like yeah. he's hitting like CTE's hitting him early. Hey, I'm well, gonna yeah, watch it. Really, I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it and yeah, I mean, if you got some time, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. I'll watch it, but yeah, that's just that's like I don't want to. LeBron, all he does is whine. I don't want to hear him whine. That's not what I want to hear. Now, if he was is strong, he whining, in the, you know, or if he is was, he raising awareness? Is he whining or raising awareness? And how many degrees of separation are those two things? Oh, uh, that's that. Hey, that's a good thing to talk about because uh, I think this nigga whining. It'd be one thing if he's ducking on boys and, and, and ducking on boys and me mugging and he's like Kevin Garnett out there and, and he's whining. When you're whining on the court, it makes me think you're a whiner, so everything you're doing is whining to me. Wow. This one's Alrighty, tough for me, man. This one's tough for me. I, I, I used to have a lot of love for LeBron until he made his decision this offseason, but I want to check it out too. And uh, JP, just send a text message in our group message we got whenever you get that one started. That'd be a, I, I like to jump in on that one too. So I'm probably gonna check sure. that one out too. Oh. Get out the gym, bro. Probably around five o'clock or something, y'all. All right, cool. That works out, man. That works out. All right, fellas. Well, let's wrap this one up here. Get the day started, and then uh, I'll, I'll holler at you guys later on, man. But uh, speaking for myself in the San Joaquin Valley of Central California, Houston, Texas with D. Willow Wilson and Inglewood, where they always up to no good out there with my man JP. Uh, and, oh, and also Janelle coming on and rocking with us all the way from the East Coast. Much love, everybody. Thanks for rocking with us. If you're messing with us, we're messing with you. We'll be Mom, back I love you. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.